WA round four. Here we go, guys. It's uh, Shrek here from the Noob Sparrow podcast. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you've tuned in midway through an adventure in Western Australia. Uh, this time around, I am adventuring to the north of Perth, heading up the coast with two good mates, uh, Burke Calder and Joel. We have an absolute blast, and uh, this is another good campfire chat with a few more brews. Um, before we get to the interview, though, a couple of fantastic bits of news. 99 Sparrow Recipes is here. The book is shipping on the on the 10th of December. For the people that were involved in the Kickstarter, it's going a little bit earlier than that. You will start to be able to find 99 Sparrow Recipes in every good spearfishing retailer. And while we're on that topic, my wife had a cracker idea the other day. She thinks I should get the books into BCF. Boating, camping and fishing in Australia is a huge chain of stores and uh, obviously if I got the book in there it would be taken up by line fishermen as well as Sparrows and uh, definitely reach a wider audience. A lot of Sparrows shop at BCF particularly for um, you know the odds and ends that we need to buy. Um, if you are going into BCF, your local BCF, here's my wife's idea. Ask any salesperson in any BCF store, your local BCF store, for a copy of 99 Sparrow Recipes. The idea is if you know, if even 10 or 20 people across the country ask for a copy of 99 Spare Recipes at their local BCF, when I go to put the, the call through to their, you know, their purchasing people or whatever, they, they might be more keen on it. So anyway, I like the idea. If a couple of you get amongst it, do that for me. That'd be awesome. While, while I'm selling stuff... <laughs> Um, go to noobspero.com. You can buy hardcover copies of 99 Spare Recipes. They are 50 Australian dollars plus postage. If you buy two or three copies, they get a little bit cheaper. Um, great Christmas gifts, and you're not too late. Um, while you're in the Noob Sparrow store, I've also just put up a new, brand new T-shirt design. It's called Rancid Pelican. It's a, a black spot tuskfish, which is an incredibly iconic uh, endemic Australian spearfishing species and uh, and this pelican's got it in its mouth. You've got to have a look. Um, go to noobspero.com, head up into the store and check out some of the stuff we've got going up there. Plenty of gift ideas. We are re reaching shipping cutoff times, but hey, have a look. Get amongst it if you want to. Um, I really appreciate all the people that have been buying stuff this month. Um, it's definitely made a huge difference for, you know, paying for the shipment of books that we got and stuff like that. So, yeah. Hey, and... Um, while I'm thanking people, patrons, they are powering trips like the WA adventure I just have just come back from. This episode was paid for and with support from patron listeners just like you. If you go to patreon.com forward slash noobspiro, you can support the podcast on an episode by episode basis. There's never any obligation, but if you want to do it, you love it, 100%, please go there, patreon.com forward slash noobspiro. Let's get into this episode though. I really enjoyed this trip, and I hope it comes through in today's episode. Let's have a listen. WA4, Bert, Joel, and myself. We might have one more too. Let's get into it. 
I can't wait to get into today's episode brought to you with proud partner adreno.com.au. The New Sphere podcast has been partnering with adreno.com.au for more than 100 episodes, and these guys are awesome. They have uh, huge spearfishing mega stores all over the country. You can shop online or in store. Use the code NoobSpero whenever you spend more than $200, and you will automatically save $20. That's right, use the code NoobSpero online or in store when you spend more than $200 and save $20. Bucks. I love these guys. I remember the first time I brought a spear gun at adreno.com.au down at the Wollongabba store, and Adreno have been a huge part of the excitement that I have about spearfishing. Check them out at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpero to save. In 2014, Neptonics combined forces with Spearfishing Solutions and relocated its headquarters to Tampa, Florida. They now sell to over 60 countries worldwide with brick and mortar stores in Florida, Santa Cruz and Long Beach, California. Take advantage of the Noob 10 discount code to save 10% on all orders. Shop with Neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works. Equipment you can rely on. Neptonics is the one-stop shop for all your spearfishing essentials. Free shipping on all orders over $99 in the USA. Use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off your order as well. Visit neptonics.com, save 10% with the code NOOB10. All right, g'day guys. Part two, I guess, part two of the WA tour. Um, I've got Bert here awkwardly stitching up his wetsuit. I've been staring at his ass for the past couple of days. You're Bert, like thank you, thank you for making an effort to stitch it up. <laughs> yeah, no, he liked it, so I thought I'll keep it there for a day or two just for him to look at my hairy ass. Yeah, and now we're on the Picasso glue that um, my good mate brought over to me. Thanks, Rory. Appreciate it, mate. And um, That so, stuff's bulletproof, but I always thought you had to stitch it or put a patch over the suit, but you were just like straight gluing the, where the seam's ripped. Mate, I'm not sure. I've, I've never read the label, you know, but I'm dyslexic. So I, just, <laughs> I just do my own thing. But um, yeah. what I normally do is with this, um, what is that stuff called again, Joel? Yeah, repair kit, Picasso. I, I normally buy the Adreno brand. They just work just as good. Whatever works for you guys. But How do you what, apply it? Did you use a stick or something? Yeah, or? so basically first, let me go one step back. What I've found is, guys, I've burned my ass a couple of times in the past when it rips and it really hurts. But what I normally do is the best thing is suntan oil. You know, suntan, what's the opposite to suntan oil? Sunscreen. Sunscreen, that's the one. But anyway, the sun. <laughs> Thanks, Rory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Bit of Ones of thousands. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I've never been a wordsmith, but you know what I mean. Everybody we knows know me. what you mean, mate. Yeah, I don't mean any harm. But anyway, the point of a bit of a sunscreen on the ass, that does normally the trick till you get a mate to help you out with some neoprene fixer thing. And um, what I do is I run a little bead all along the seam first, and I wait till it dries, mm. and then apply a second bead which you just seen here, like, so this is my second go. So when it sort of, sort of goes touch dry like that, I'm going to do it now. So I'm going to get it quickly over to somebody else and then I'll do yeah. it and then you guys. I'll give talk. it to Rory. Rory hasn't introduced himself yet. Rory, um, you're an Exmouth local these days. Um, where did you, you, did you grow up here or where are you nah, from? No, not, not at all. No, um, Esperance, I guess, but uh yeah been been north for a few years now it's um it's much warmer this way so it's hard to it's hard to go home clean water down there though yeah beautiful best beaches in australia um yeah crystal clear turquoise what's the water temps down there um 15s are yeah a pretty serious winter it's generally more like 
um, 18s, you might get a 21 in summer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so... Yeah, that's starting to sound pretty pretty rugged. So up here we're already twenty three degrees in the water. Yeah, that, that's it. Twenty three, and we'll get we'll get twenty fives up here. Um, maybe even a twenty six in a, in a real serious summer. So yeah. what what about winter? Winter, um, golf side, and then ocean side. Golf, uh, yeah, golf's different. Um, that that can weirdly get a fifteen um, with the with the murky water, the um, shallower depths, and that. Um, outside, um, oh, like a 21 is, um, yeah, you'll, you'll hear it from the locals. Um, <laughs> that's, that's no good. That's, that's <laughs> incredible. Um, rarely gets there though, but it happens. So pretty small temperature range, 21 to 26 sort of thing. Yeah. And golf side though, because of the way sort of the, the shallow bay acts and maybe a bit of fresh water running in, it sort of goes colder and does it get hotter as well in summer? Yeah, it can get hotter. Um, there's um, there's some pretty interesting studies in the in the Gulf based on on that sort of temperature range and the um, the clarity and the, the water quality. Um, and so they're looking at some of the coral species there. Um, they're pretty hardy corals. So then there's um, there's an idea of uh, seeding them corals in uh, damaged areas. So it's um it's an interesting place, the Gulf, because of um, some of them. Uh, yeah, effects and yeah, that range. So, what's your background? You're talking about research here. I'm assuming you've got some sort of um, marine science background. No, not not truly. I guess. Um, uh, so, I lived in Coral Bay for for near on ten years. Um, uh, started uh, manta ray and whale shark tours. So, okay. um, initially was was um, tourism. Um, in enjoying this uh, this pristine, phenomenal Ningaloo reef, so um, slowly you build a um, a real interest in um, I don't know certain elements of it, um, uh, various species movements, and and um, what what makes it all tick. Um, mm. Later moved to um, uh, fishing charters. Um, yeah, some some might say that's. Um, you know the complete opposite of of, of ecotourism. Um, it's terrorism, ecotourism. It's um, it, it is. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, that's what you know. That's what our. That's what that's, the the antag. You know, the opposite, the enemies of of fishing would say. No, well, that's it. It's um, it it's hard to you know argue it truly. Um, fishing's such a a, a big background of of Australia's culture. Yeah, you, know, you can't. Yeah, um, you can't get away from that. Um, yeah, no matter how, how fast you run. Mm. Um, but this, this Ningaloo reef, it's, it's far more than the, um, the, the shallow water, the, the corals, the, um, the, the fringing reef, um, that we all, all tend to focus on when we first get here. It has a, an effect out in the, the hundreds, um, you know, even the, the thousand meters, um, uh, the, the sheer biomass of fish all, um, all spawning off, spreading off of this reef system um, is huge, and it's um, it's interesting to then look at the the other aspects of it and, and charter fishing out in the in the hundred meters, um, and then game fishing. Um, that was all part of that. Mm. It was it was great experiencing everything um, this place has got to offer. Mm. Mate, it seems it seems fantastic. Like I've only spent a couple of days here. This is sort of day. Really, day four, like first day was day, uh, like travel. Second day, we got out and sort of 
we, we can't really say the area, but I spent a couple of days there, but the wind wasn't playing the game, so we've driven much further north to Exmouth and surrounds. And um, the from what I've seen of getting in the water, though, like, there's good life here. Like it's, and, and people talk about being Lu, the Llewellyn current being sort of a poor step cousin of the East Australian current. Talk to that if you can. Because um, some people say it's not as nutrient dense, but, you know, I know it's more sparsely populated over here, but it seems like pretty lively reef to me. Um, yeah, I guess um, I, I can't. I can't speak too too specifically. Um, I haven't haven't truly compared the the Lewin current to the um, the the east. The AC. Um, uh, here um, here we do have a, a pretty interesting um, uh, I guess alternative. We do have yeah the the Lewin current bringing um, bringing warm waters and and various nutrients with that. Mm. Um, but then that that competes with the um, the and, uh, Ningaloo current um, coming from uh, I guess the the south running up the west coast. Oh okay. Um, so we have a cold cold water current um, running in as well. So they'll uh, I don't know compete for supremacy. You have um, you have colder seasons, colder years, mm. um, with a with a stronger um, north flowing current, mm. um, or or um, like we've had uh, this last year, um, we've had um, like a far stronger Lewin current. Um, it's uh, it, uh, um, it's just been warm waters. It's been quite stable. It hasn't been like a raging, um, raging sort of uh, yeah current sort of speed. Mm. Um, but it's just had warm uh, and and such great fizz um, mm. all this year. Um, but yeah, the two of them fluctuate. Then we get a uh, with that we get a greater variety of, of fish species. We can get um, we can get a few more colder species in the southern ends, and and then we start to get truly warmer species in the north. So they um, just in this small reef system um generally 280 but uh we do like to include the murin islands for uh, making it sound larger so 300 kilometers um <laughs> through that limited range we can see a a great variety of of species mm, loving it these days you're not working in either of those fields but you still love your spearfishing no well that's that's just it um you're coming out with us tomorrow yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I'm probably like, uh, not not at my peak, I guess, but um, let's just say that um, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting a bit older. Peak. I'm at my peak post KFC, uh, but <laughs> 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 but we have anyway fun anyway, don't you? No, that's it. It's um, oh, it's just beautiful being able to uh, I don't know, go for a swim. Um, yeah, the this the spear gun's there, but I'm going for a for a look, um, a bit of exercise and a an experience. This place is is full of experiences, and um, yeah, maybe um, maybe I'll shoot something and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to give away spots and stuff tomorrow, but we're sort of heading out and we are, we've been formulating a plan. How many times have you sat around a coffee table and formulated a plan for the next day dive, next Pro- day's diving? Probably um, far more than I've actually gone diving. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, planning that's easy. Yeah, mm. yep. yeah. Whether whether it's effective, um, that's that's another thing. But um, yeah, no, um, I know it seems like you guys are keen. Um, I've got a couple of days, and the and the weather's there, so. Um, everything else is in our favour. Mm, yeah, I mm. think I think we got to we got to do it. Really, mm. we're going. 
Might just have to catch listeners up. I'm going to hand over to Joel and catch up on what happened today because we did manage to get him for a bit of a sneaky Arvo dive, Joel. Yeah, we did, mate. Yeah, we managed to sneak a couple of hours yep, off the tip there. It was pretty, pretty nice getting the water after a five-hour drive. It was good. Now, tell everyone about your nervous moment. <laughs> I've had a few. Was it, was it before we come up here? Or was it, no, it was the call. It was the call. Yeah, what so, the call? Um, obviously, as you've probably heard, I'm, I'm a bit new to it, but um, I do like looking at my weather and making sure we make the most out of the opportunities we get, especially when we all work pretty hard and we're sitting on our ass drinking piss and around a fire, which you can do at home most days. But yeah, we looked at the weather and I was way more fun with a bunch of blokes on a it's fishing definitely trip. way more fun. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. mind drinking a few, especially you got good crew around you. Yeah, but I, as um, Shrek probably said, I sat out of a um, dive. Yeah, was it yesterday? One of the spots we were because we short we we short over yesterday and I wasn't feeling comfortable jumping in with a swell because I didn't want to want to get beat up around rocks. So you, didn't want, you didn't want the cheese grater experience. I didn't really want the oyster scars. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. been there, done that, but yeah. and you know I'm not really that experienced off the shore. But I sort of sat out and um, I had a bit of time up my sleeve and I was looking at a bit of weather and sort of thinking to myself, hey, what, what the fuck are we doing here? We got this sick boat. Yeah, got a good bunch of guys. Weather looks absolutely epic. Five hours up the road and we're battling with wind. So I sort of ran, ran a few places and there was a bit of accommodation available. And then I thought, oh, well, you know, that sounds like a pretty good plan, Joel, but I'll, uh, I'll have to run it by the guys. It's not, not just my trip. So pretty well was the first thing I said when Bert handed me a string of fish after he said, well, that was fucked. I says, well, I've been hatching a bit of a plan, mate. I says, you know, why don't we head up the road for a bit and we'll go to Exmouth and see what we can do with these two days of window that looks really good with weather. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you got spots? I said, well, I'm a line fisherman that's converted to a spear. I said, but pretty sure we'll be able to find something to do. Mm-mm. So, yeah. So um, he goes, well, I'm keen for that. And I said, well, let's talk when we get back. So we all agreed on it. And um, I went, fuck, what's happening? So I want to make sure that Bert doesn't get embarrassed and put Shrek on a, some fish. And I thought... Fuck, have I made the right call? So I'm sleeping there last night, pretty restless, going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. We're all pretty relaxed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you don't know. You know, you sort of think you made the right call. But yeah, as we got up here today, it was a good, nice drive in. We went and pulled in Coral Bay for a pie. Come through here, and yeah, it was pretty good to get out there. And yeah, the boys got amongst it. I didn't shoot anything. I was a bit paranoid with sharks and couldn't get me zen going. But yeah, the guys got amongst it, got a few good fish. But yeah, hopefully, it was the right call. It was good. Like, mate, we got in the water, and I was like, well, we looked at it first, and it looked picturesque. Yeah, it did. And then, but as the sort of one of the blokes said, like, you come around the corner there, and it's a a southwester. Sorry, what were we looking at today? Because we got around that corner where he said and the wind just started ripping. Yeah, so we had a southerly southerly wind and then it was sort of starting to go a bit um, southeast. But you've got a westerly swell, but you've also got the currents to deal with too. Obviously low tide and you've got between the islands. So it becomes a bit of a washing machine. But um, yeah. he's probably just heard a heap, heap of rustling right near those microphones there. Bert's just poured a big... That's Bert with a bowl of chips. Thanks, Bert. <laughs> yeah, he He's an audio guy. He's an audio guy. He is an audio guy. Email touch you, no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty... Well, it was, I mean, obviously, um, Rory knows. They call it the washing machine out there, and it lived up to its bloody name today a little bit. But it wasn't too bad. It's not the worst I've seen it. So, it was fishy. Yeah, it was but, very fishy. Yeah. But, uh, but sharky. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. And we we're there on sort of dusk. Yeah. And uh, they numbered up, and it was um, it was 
it was buddy up material. Yeah, it was, mate. It definitely was. I mean, there's one stage, yeah. Um, I think we dove at the end. We dove down, and you know, there is a lot of fish there. But I think I counted over ten sharks that was on the when bottom. When you when you're counting ten sharks, you, you tend not to pay attention to the fish. No, you don't. <laughs> you sort of think. Well, I looked at Shrek and went, I think I've had enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> we called it. But yeah, and you and I were kind of like, oh, well, that's enough. And Bert's like, no, no, keep going, yeah. keep going. Well, that, that's that's the thing with Bert. You know, we said today, um, you know, no burly. Let's just use the flasher. Yep, yep, yep. Because, you know, Burley or bait over the side brings in. What do they bring in, Bert? Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's generally right. But Bert shot a nice Spanny Mac and, um, you know, he dealt with it. And then he uh, he goes over near the boat and he, I didn't even see him doing it. He goes, hey, Joel, you know, why don't you shoot anything that comes up? And I've looked over and there's Bert gutting and throwing the bloody guts of it. Down in the in the water, I thought, oh fuck no, don't do that. And then straight away, sharks—they're just coming at me. So yeah, straight in. So I think, I think we won't, won't do the uh, gut trick anymore. But I think we'll leave it to the flasher. Yeah, it's funny, you know. For all these years, I I, I I smile because everybody deals with things different. My my opinion is just ignore them. They just, you know, it's just part of the ocean, I suppose. Um, it's maybe not the wisest thing to do, but that's just how I deal with it. They're there, they're always there. And what really worries me, I mean, I've got a different look at sharks, I suppose. Don't don't trust me or listen to me for you know advice because I'm not the right person. But how I see it is when I see the sharks, I'm happy because I know they're there. And when you're like, you know, you're swimming around and it's that eerie, you don't know if you ever guys had that feeling and you feel like you're being watched. Mm. That's much worse because mm. you know it's out there, but you just can't see the bastard. Yeah. And like today, I'm happy when I see them all. Them, you know, just part of it. The other fish you shot today, Bert, was a Chinaman, and that Chinaman is a decent size. They're they're out there in numbers though, because I saw quite a few of them, I reckon. And and um, then you cook one up for dinner for us. It's so good to have like fish. We shot it like you shot it an hour ago. We ate it for dinner. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> and you did like a. What was it? Oh, mate. It, it, it was I, an Italian Thai fusion, he calls yeah, it. I, I believe in multiculturalism, you know. So you got a, you got a little bit of Thai fish in the side. And then you go, oh, Joel always joke, you know, mum is French, dad is German. And somehow somebody must have lied because there's a lot of Italian in here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to have Italian with everything. So, I mean, Italian Thai goes well together, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, but hey. And, and last night I did like it. You could arguably say it was kind of an Italian thing too, because I did a. Were you? What did you call oh, it? Oh, that was sweet. What did you call it? Chowder. A chowder, but like I had this um, bottled Nando's sauce. It was like a lemon and herb type yeah. marinade, and I marinated the this parrot in it, and then cooked it up, and then threw gnocchi through it, oh, which is beautiful. like I've never heard of that happening before. But it worked. It worked. Oh, really mate, well. it was it was good. I, I lived out in the states sometime, you know, both in San Francisco, New York, and a few other places. But anyway, it's, it's not not um, relevant. The, the fact is, what Shrek made last night was. The closest thing to a chowder outside America. I mean, obviously, the Yanks might think a little bit different. They probably think it's not so good. But, hell, I thought it was very, very good. Mm. Mate, dinner tonight was good too. I friggin' enjoyed it. And like you say, like an hour from, you know, shooting the fish to having it on your plate. Sometimes it's just so such a cool thing about spearfishing as a lifestyle. Right? You can't undervalue that. Yeah. We were very lucky at this... Um, Yesterday, just going back to yesterday quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah. It was so nice. We went um, down to one of my old favourite spots. And 
it's one of those days where, can I be honest? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So it's that times when you look at it and you go. You can always be honest. This is, this is, this is maybe not the smartest move today to jump into this. But you're really desperate and you know it's good down there. And, you know. And it was. Yeah, and, and, well, and, and, and luckily, and I must say, to your credit, Shrek, he looked at me and he goes, Bert, so you got one entry and one exit. I go, yeah, 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 no, it should be right, should be right. And he looked at me and he goes, have you walked over there? I go, no, it's too far, I don't walk that far. You tell the rest, mate. Yeah, no, I was not happy with the entry and exit plan. Like, the entry, no worries. Like, getting into big swell is a piece of piss. Like, all good, you don't have to worry about it. Doesn't matter how big it is, you can always sort of time your jump because you can look at the what the waves are doing, run, jump. Doesn't matter how big it is, it's all good. But getting it out is a whole other story. And I looked at your exit plan and I was like, you might be like athletic enough to get up and out of the way fast enough, but I was thinking, I'm a 120-odd kilo man. I'm not doing that with any kind of delicacy. I'm going to be grated over that thing <laughs> like a bit of carrot over a cheese grater. And um, so I said, Let, let's just walk around to the next sort of finger of rock and see what's happening on the other side because the swell had a bit of direction in it. And I was kind of right. There was a sure. bit of a shelf and there was a nice spot to get up and it was way easier. Yeah. So no, I, I, all, after we found the exit spot, I was way happier to jump in. Yeah. And, mate, I was so glad I did, though, because mm. like, it was – I loved it. Like, it was It was probably one of my favourite dive spots of all time. Like, oh, I'm glad you think so, mate. And, it, and, and there's something about the romance of shore diving sometimes because we're sport with boats. Yeah, we are. So we, we, we carried a tub of gear – I don't know. Yeah, it was a kilometre. It was probably five or 600 metres down a, like a really steep hill. And then crawled over this, you know, sharp rock and stuff to do that dive. And then we did it all again in reverse with fish yeah, on the stringer. Yeah, true. It was a long day. And it was good. It was yeah. Fun. Now, it was nice. I, I, I think what I want to bring home there is what was nice, and this is what I said I want to be honest, is you have three blokes. You all look at the ocean. And sometimes I forget, you know, I've been in my whole life, so I'm not the best judge, I suppose, because, mm. you know, it's just too close to home almost. Yeah, and, yeah. and you just think, like, you know, everybody else can do it. And what we did was we all looked at each other and said, and we talked about it and go, is this a smart move? And it probably wasn't. <laughs> but then you look at it technically and you go, the chances of coming out is pretty bloody good. So Oh, yeah. No, nah, it was it was good. By the time we, we had a good look at it, yep. my confidence went right up. Because yep. at one point I said to you, oh, I'm 50-50. Yep. And I've got three kids and a bun in the oven. To, well, yeah, exactly. maybe that, I'm giving that away, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> you might not be happy. But you know what I mean. Like, I've got, I've got other responsibilities. You know, I've got to get yeah, home exactly. to, and and look after my family. Like, I don't want to be doing fifty-fifty stuff. I need to have a lot higher degree of certainty than that. But by the time we jumped in, I did have that. Yeah, and no, I'm definitely. pleased as I've got older, I have got a little bit wiser. Because probably ten years ago, I just would have gone. With you, and yeah. I would have got cheese grated, but I mm. still would have been happy probably. But yeah, yeah, my wife tells me I'm an idiot, so it's um my 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 risk assessment is not what it should be. But anyway, what what was um the end result is we talked about it, really thought about it, how we're going to do it, we planned it all, and that's what I'm trying to bring a message across is when you're in a situation, really think about it, guys, look at it, decide what the outcome is going to be, and if it's doable, 
and you trust yourself and it's in within your limits, then go for it. What was nice is Joel was nice enough and he's an ex-surfer, so he knows how to check swell. So we were lucky enough to have a fellow on the shore looking out at Coast 4. So yeah. then you feel a bit better. So You like, feel better about timing your exit. Exactly. Because you're just like, Joel exactly. won't, he won't bring me in on the wrong moment. Exactly. Because he knows, he doesn't want us to get smashed. And and, and then you got someone well, all, does. all gear up as well. <laughs> he, he wanted all, he, and someone there to. <laughs> exactly. I've got a nice you. I don't want you to bleed over my seat. <laughs> someone to haul up all the gear and the fish as well. Because um, I shot a few fish. I was pretty happy with that. You, but, you shot all the fish, mate. <laughs> But it was good. It was good diving. I liked it. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. And what and, did you get, Isaac? Oh, I, I shot a couple of parrot species, and they were both good-sized yeah, parrot. I reckon they were sort of three to four kilos. That was a chowder, correct? Yeah, one of them. And that that's the best parrot I've ever eaten in my life, I've got to be honest with you. Yeah, it was. Like, it was so good. And I served it three ways because we had sashimi, ceviche, and then I made that um, thing as well. So I, I felt like yeah. I did a pretty good job. Yeah, the no, ceviche did. didn't come out as good as we wanted. But, but the, the, the sashimi was amazing. Oh. I've never had that as sashimi. I don't know about you yeah. boys if you've ever had it, but I've never had – have you ever had parrot as sashimi? Not not parrot sashimi, no. Yeah, it was pretty bloody good, eh? I didn't think few, I would like yeah. it, but it was That's actually really nice. One. And I did the kewpie mayo with the wasabi. Have you done that? Kewpie mayo on, um, on like a little cracker? No, just 50-50 with, with Oh, wasabi. okay. Yep. Um, no, not truly the wasabi, oh. but yeah. yeah it no, was really good, good, eh? It was, a, it was a lovely evening, mate. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. Um, so you just get your cupy, lay it out in a line, and then, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joel. We're, Joel, we're not going back to Japanese snowboarding, mate. This is, not, yeah. this is a spearfishing trip, not a Japanese snowboarding one. <laughs> no, but you get your kewpie and your wasabi and you just mix it up together and then um, it sort of takes the sting out of the wasabi for people that don't really like the Yeah, hot. it softens it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can get wasabi kewpie now. Oui. It's, it's pre-mixed. It's done. It. And you can get a, you can get a um, sriracha yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. That one's, I'm a fan of that too. That one's the business. Yeah. They mark it up. They mark it up significantly. An mm. X mouth that probably costs eighty five dollars a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Aqualite.com.au. This is the best solution, bar none, for staying hydrated in the ocean. If you're a Spiro, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's a game changer if you're doing extended trips and the cramp starts to set in and uh, the old body's telling you, hey, that's enough. Just get hydrated and it will save you a whole heap of woe. It's a groundbreaking product that can help you to stay hydrated. It's got low sugar, it's less acidic than other options on the market, it's rapid absorption, help you to maintain performance. Dehydration of just one to 2% can affect your mental and physical performance by up to six or 7%. And as when you're spearfishing, you can tell when dehydration is starting to affect you because the equalization goes out the window. Get Aqualite at aqualite.com.au. It's scientific rehydration that Spiros know and trust. I know because one works there, and that's why we've set up this discount code for you. 10% off when you use the code NoobSpiro at aqualite.com.au. Check it out. Australian-made hydration products tailored for Spiros and a whole bunch of other people that suffer from dehydration too. But check it out at aqualite.com.au. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 10%.
In the world of freedive spearfishing, there's no magic breathing technique that's all of a sudden going to get you down and shoot massive fish at depth and holding big bottom times, but there is a way to do it safer and smarter, take down more fuel to maximise the time that you have there. Learn at noobspero.com forward slash TED with Ted Hardy from Immersion Freediving. If you take down more fuel, you can stay for longer. Learning to take a bigger breath is not such a big deal. Ted breaks it down for you with a free online course at noobspero.com forward slash TED. Take down 20 to 30% more air just by learning how to take a full breath. Again, learn how to do it free at noobspero.com forward slash TED. Killfish with precision and power, sending shafts from a stable platform with Killshot spear guns. Made in the Florida Keys by Ed Martin, you're buying American-made dependable spear guns. Get $30 off any Killshot spear gun at killshotspearguns.com. Yes and amen, Nuba. That's $30 off American-made performance spear guns at killshotspearguns.com. It says if they're in the shop or on the phone, they can cash in by saying, crikey, mate, or the Noob Spiro podcast sent me. Check them out at killshotspearguns.com, based in the Florida Keys. Great news, guys. Adam Stern has made his freedivingfamily.com courses available at a discount for the Noob Spiro community. If you get on freedivingfamily.com, use the code SPIRO, you'll get 20% off any course. There's a bunch of sick courses on there. There's an equalizing uh, stage one. There's an equalizing advanced techniques um, video there. They're two of my absolute favorites. If you have any problems with equalizing, go to freedivingfamily.com. Get Adam's course and use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. So we ate, we ate well for the day and, um, and then we made the drive up here today. And um, I mean, the pleasure of, for someone like me coming over here is, you know, Bert, I'm, I'm on Bert's invitation. So he knows all these awesome people like you, Rory, and like Joel and like, you know, Jeff and the bloke we met, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and so all these people have just helped us out. They've helped us give us information because when you go into a fresh spot and you've got nothing, it's so good to tune into some local information, particularly, and if you've got ethics, you've built a reputation, then then these people, they give you that information because they know you're not going to, you know, use it loosely. And um, so it's a pleasure to come over here because you can't, you can't pay for opportunities like what I'm getting. Sorry, just to interrupt there, Rick. I think just when you said that, thanks for saying that, is I got some really good mates, and we, we talked about it, spearfishing, how it bonds men. You know, it's like you get closer to the guys you trust you. Like in that shark, shit, shark situation today, you have to trust your mate, you know. These, it can get hairy, and if you don't have a good bloke next to you, it, it can, you know, what I'm trying to say is you put your life out there in somebody else's hand and you become close and it's for life mm. and i look around and like, like rory helped me out on this one jeff helped me mika michael you find these guys and if if you don't do the right thing all the time these guys will just i'm gonna be blind they're gonna take the piss off yeah but if you do the right thing by people and you have you do the right thing back and you keep your mouth shut and don't share those spots that they help you out with mm. It all flows. Don't talk about it too much on a podcast with names. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Rory, so tomorrow we're heading out with you. Look, we're kind of. You sort of said uh, you had a good look at the conditions, and we've all sort of sat around, had some ideas thrown around. But um, for me, I just get to be a fly on the wall. Really, I don't have much useful to add, other than like um, wanting to spend all day in the water. But give us a run through of sort of the conditions tomorrow. 
and how we sort of worked our plan. What time do you think we'll come in? As well as what time we'll go oh, out. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Planning that far ahead. Yeah. Um, I was no, thinking we'll, seven at night, so I was just hoping you'd just confirm that. Oh, I'd, I'd love to make it back before dark, really. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, Wednesday's going to be better. So, 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 I don't know. Part of tomorrow's plan is, um, yeah, improving on Wednesday. Are you coming out with us for two days? Uh, I do plan to, as all long right. as tomorrow goes all right, I guess. I might, yeah, as long as we're not... Yeah, I might get booted. <laughs> as long as we're not dickheads. I booted. You do a shit job tomorrow. We'll see. But, um, yeah, as far as the plan, like, we've we've looked at the weather. Um, ultimately, like, um, and, and I'm sure he's experienced this before, um, we'll see what it is tomorrow morning, really, and that'll be that'll be the final. And um, throughout the day, we've got options. So, yeah, we've got a bit of a, a sou-easterly in the morning. Um, it's looking like maybe 15 to 24, 25. Um, so, ideally, it's more like 15s, but we'll go with it. Um and then uh, try and find some shelter as it as it drops. By by lunchtime, it should um, ten knots and be variable after that. So um, we'll make the most of it. Uh, Hoping for a glass out on the way home. Yeah, that's it. That An way, easy Bert, ride home. Bert's but, um, driving will be awesome. Yeah, um, by then it'll all be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And. Um, Sounds like we're going to do a little bit of exploring as well as sort of hitting some established sort of ground and spots that you've researched prior. Mm, no, that's it. Um, I do. I do really like to explore. Um, it's uh, I don't know. You can never have enough. You can never have too many spots. Really, um, the more you can you can map out areas, then you've got a, a great idea of uh, what's going on and um, and forever have options for certain conditions. So. Um, yeah, we've got spots, but um, I do think that as the as the wind drops, as the day progresses, we've got um, more opportunity to to look around. So it'll just be, um, I guess, for me, I don't, I, I try not to get um, too too worked up about that first fish. Um, I try and stay a bit relaxed, but um, I do admit that's hard. Um, uh, ideally, there's there's no pressure, and we'll just enjoy the day, and um, yeah, we'll come home with fish, but. Um, I, I do know, and I've I've experienced it plenty of times before. Where, um, yeah, you just you got to get something on the boat first. Uh, we were kind of like Bert's always like, we got to get dinner, we got to get dinner, and then after that, like the first fish gets thrown over and everyone relaxes. Mm. No, that's it. Um, when you're nervous, you you're never your best day. No, like you just you put pressure on yourself, and mm. I guess it's it's mm. it's like anything. Um, when you're uh, nonchalant, really, when you're when you're calm, relaxed, and, and not even that worried, then it then then I think it becomes more natural, I mm. guess, it, and it's and it's smooth. Mm. Um, to to try and get to that position, that's that's brilliant. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited, so I, I dare say tomorrow. Um, yeah, first thing there'll be a bit of pressure. Yeah. Mm. Of my Bird's, own design. Bird, Bird's putting the camera in your face. There's a bit of pressure. You could, could say there's that, <laughs> that going on. <laughs> but um, ha, like so there's sort of like inexperienced divers, there's experienced divers. Um, moving from one spectrum to the other, what techniques do you use to take the stress off yourself, to take the pressure off, to – be at ease to have fun to just enjoy what you're doing um have you got any like any 
specific techniques? Uh, probably just um, devote the last like excess 10 years to this region because it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm in a good place um, yep. as far as locality for um, some quality diving. Um, I can't. I can't say I eat healthy or, or um, have a have a rigid um, fit diet and exercise routine. Um, I do enjoy um, do, do enjoy a drink. Uh, also have a you know a history of um, of line fishing, um, game fishing, bit of bottom bouncing and and all that. But um, uh, just for me, the the water itself is is quite calming. Yeah. Mm. Um, when uh, I don't know the. A number of senses kind of get um, dulled, I guess. Like yeah. it's it's um, it's not that it's less noisy. I do I do keep an ear out for any sort of clicks and cracks that I think might be um, crayfish. Um, ignore most of the bubble work, but um, yeah, in truth, I find it very very quiet mm. in the water there. Um, that then allows me to to really slow down, relax, and uh, start to really look around with the mm. the other senses. Mm. There's a there are elements of stress with diving. A lot of them are self-induced, like Bert's nonchalant attitude towards sharks. And then I would say, honestly, like, um, like I'm not like Joel's. Joel's fairly new, and so his attitude towards sharks is far more risk averse than Bert's, which is at the other end of the spectrum. I find myself slitting somewhere in the middle. And when we shore dived yesterday, I found the same thing again. I think sometimes. Um, it's personality, sometimes it's experience. All of us have to find a way to sort of rationalise, whether it's an anxiety or risk or whatever. Um, how, how, is, how have you sort of tempered that over the years? Are you confident in every type of spearfishing? I mean, where do you find yourself nervous? Yeah, um, that, that is a pretty special question. Um, uh, I, the 90% of my spearfishing is is in this region. Um, I, I grew up in Esperance. Um, I, you know, with that, that Southern Ocean, there is a whole lot of, um, uh, I guess, re- respect and fear um, of, of great whites. Um, I've seen a couple up here um, during the, the humpback whale season. Um, yeah. Thankfully, I've never like been in the water. Um, I would, um, uh, you know, through all my experience, I'd still uh yeah quite seriously hesitate to jump in the water with that um sort of opportunity but um outside of that like i've i've um i've swum with uh every other other shark i've had great swims with um with makos hammerheads um uh hundreds of of tigers um and then and then every day there's reef sharks it's Mm. it's awesome the the biodiversity here um and the um yeah and with that the you do you do get somewhat comfortable with sharks, um, like what Bert said um, earlier. Um, it's uh, you know, you're more relaxed with the ones you can see um, than the the ones you can't. Um, and this place, like, uh, it's easy to find sharks. Um, I think with without you know without that being adverse to to, to the day. Yeah, I they're, think for me there. today, I was becoming a little bit sort of hesitant and it starts to affect you because it affects your dive performance but like you've got 360 degrees when you're in the ocean and then you've got up and down as well so like it's three-dimensional anxiety (laughs) (laughs) you know like it's like um 
And sometimes, and then you got fading light, poor visibility, rough topside conditions, a leaky mask. Yeah, all these things add up to just put you on edge. And I think there's a reason we have that that response, <laughs> and it's an ingrained response. And I think you know, but you can relax into it. You can, like we we carried on diving, and we obviously. Joel and I stuck to each other like flies on shit. Like <laughs> we were not, you know, passing. And Joel, even when his gun was um, mangled and he wasn't really going to be sparing the dive after, he still watched my back. And awesome. so that makes a huge difference when you're do- when you're on the bottom. Yeah. No, and someone's watching you from yeah, above. Moral from <laughs> yeah, moral support from the boat. Like moral keep support. going, fellas. Yeah. But um, you you do want to be comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I guess with that um. I'm a, I'm a bit peculiar about, um, you know, like it's definitely my mask, um, my, my wetsuit. Like if I'm, if I'm unorganized and I've forgot a bit of gear, well then, um, yeah, I'm an idiot and, um, I'm not going to be that into that dive. Um, yeah, to, to do this, I want to not worry about my equipment because I know, I know my stuff's good, um, Mm. organized and set up. So, um, then I can, I can focus on it. Um. And then um, uh, we briefly touched on um, uh, like none of us and even even a lot of marine creatures, um, none of us feel that comfortable um, truly exposed on the surface. Um, I think we've all seen how quick a turtle will take a breath on the top. They, they dive straight down um, after that. Um, and, and for a lot of species, um, yeah, part of it is um, you are exposed on that on that top. So... Um, there is a uh, there is a, a welcomeness to um, diving down to to being on the bottom and a bit of a comfort there. Is then just remembering that um, unfortunately we have to breathe every now and then. <laughs> I wasn't even like you know with the sharks. I was just like bomb dropping, trying to hit the bottom, and then sprawling on the bottom, preferably with some structure behind me. And then I felt like, sweet, I've got 180 or 270 degrees of vision to hunt. I don't really have to worry about what's above me because I don't think sharks, well, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen one come down straight at me <laughs> no, while I'm on the bottom. No, no one survived and told a story about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Well, there's that scuba diver in South Africa and he's, on, and he's um, sitting there randomly and this huge great white hit, hits his head. Yeah, the video. Yeah, yep. yeah, it's gone viral. Everyone, yep. everyone in the spearing world's seen it a dozen times. But yeah, it's um, I mean, it's interesting. Like it's it's kind of average fizz. What what would you say? Like five maybe meters fizz. Yeah, yeah. Um, Enhanced, it looks a bit better than it is. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I reckon five meters for not, sure. Not the greatest, but um, yeah. I mean that that shark's behaviour and that um, yeah, like it it didn't really have an intention of um of destroying him. If that mm. was the case, it. You know, it would be a horrible video. Um, <laughs> in, instead, it's just, yeah, it's, it's quite funny. It's given him a, a cheeky tap yeah. um, in the best way. That shark's got a sense of humour, really. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> just set him up. Just bubbles in his undies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bubbles from the rig and bubbles from your undies. That's a good dive. Yeah. But I, I think sometimes sparing, like I, I'm, I'm a bit like you. Like I find it incredibly relaxing. But there are definitely situations, like actually today and yesterday, were both, you know, there was heightened risk. So you have to put a bit more thought into it. Um, the older you, you get, sometimes the more you understand that and decide what to do with it. 
yeah. So Having a, that that exit strategy, yeah, for a for a shore dive, yeah. Um, most certainly, it's easy to easy to jump in, fall in, and it's it's a shorter time as far as um, uh, sets, wave action, and, and swell. But um, yeah, no one gets out just by um, jumping out. Mm. Yeah, it's never that quick. <laughs> if only it was, eh? Sometimes yeah. far out. Dude, you're killing it on the Noob Spiro podcast. Every guest you get on frosts on the spearing life, and the actionable info is off the chain. Over here at Spearing Magazine HQ, it's the same, buddy. So many noobers are submitting their adventures, lessons learned, and pictures here at spearingmagazine.com. Just wanted to say that uh, noobers can get an international subscription here at spearingmagazine.com. They can also check out our In the Face Apparel or getting a subscription to the world's greatest Spearing Magazine. Check it out at spearingmagazine.com. Shrek, thanks. Love what you're doing. Jeremy out. Sometimes with weather and commitments, it's a long time between drinks in your spearfishing journey. If you want a dry training program that can keep you in some kind of shape for spearfishing, check out Ted Hardy's 28-day freediving transformation at noobspearer.com forward slash Ted. That's noobspero.com forward slash Ted. Now the 28 day freediving transformation is just a practical dry training plan that Ted Hardy will walk you through and it will help you get results even if you can't get wet at the moment. Check it out at noobspero.com forward slash Ted. Got a sweet deal for you today guys. Go to freedivingfamily.com and learn from Adam Stern and a select team of experts on different disciplines. There's Frenzel, Advanced Frenzel, Hands-Free Equalization, Mouthful, Deep Frenzel Equalization, Bifitting Essentials. These are courses that will give you the 1% that will allow you to improve. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com. Again, that's the code SPIRO to get 20% off at freedivingfamily.com. Thanks Adam and team, love it. Function first, Pretty design second. Penetrator's dual action water channeling rail provides more efficient action and similar fins by directing more water flow down the blade. This eliminates wobble, meaning that you get way more bang for your buck, for your energy buck. Visit penetratorfins.com, use the code NoobSpero to save $25 on every pair, on any pair. That's correct my friend, use the code NoobSpero to save $25 on any set of penetrator blades at penetrator.com. So tomorrow, what are you thinking? Um, what sort of species, uh, like for a person that's coming and visiting the area, like what would be some iconic Exmouth species? Maybe Joel might put you to task too and ask you some specific questions about species. Oh, crikey! Um, yeah, we're in a we're in a great place for um, for for trout, of course. Um, uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful fish they are. Um, great colour. Um, uh, much, much like the ex- the the Mexicans, um, uh, I don't know their whole um, food culinary experience or whatever with all the all the variety, the bright colours. Um, uh, yeah, that I, I want to see that sort of colour in the in the in the esky. So um, trout, that would be that would be great. Um, green jobbies, he's um, he's grabbed a got a jobby this afternoon. Um, I hear, um, love love to see a couple more of them. Um, Spanish mackerel, um, they're they're awesome, but um, ideally I don't want to 
um, fill the esky too quick with a with a couple of large mackies. Um, but but we do get um, like mangrove jack. Um, strangely, I, I, I do prefer to leave spangos, um, spangled emperor out here. I try and leave them, um, but I'm sure we'll see them. Um, Chinaman, red bass. Um, I know coronation trout. That's a that's a bit special. Um, we've we've got so many um, great fish out here. Now, um, now Shrek really wants to shoot a wahoo. What do you reckon? Get him uh, on a wahoo. I've um, personally, I've never shot a wahoo. I've I've seen a few, but um, uh, I'd love to see that. I'd love to have a chance. I'd um, uh, yeah, depending, I might um, yeah. Shrek, you'll have to be pretty quick or I'll just shoot it straight over your, <laughs> over your shoulder. Um, that'd be awesome. Um, and, and uh, yeah, quite possible. They're, um, they're getting wahoo and, uh, and, and mai mai as well, um, another colourful fish. So, are we uh, getting to that ground, mate? Well, not really, are we? We're targeting more reefies. Not, yeah, we'll, we'll go more reefies. We'll, um, we'll, we'll see how, how the, the weather sorts out. Perhaps we can go a bit more open. Um, see what our options are but um strangely like uh this place is awesome anything can happen um they're out there yeah i was hoping joel was going to pest you about one of those species and ask you some hunting questions (laughs) um out of those species you listed though are you curious about hunting any in particular do you have any questions for them as a local uh as a local i sort of know the area where um where Rory's taken us, but like you were saying before, um, the problem I have when I visited that area and I was diving it earlier on this year, it's just so Almost. beautiful. Some of the reefs that you see that you actually swim around and you see all these fish and you don't pull the trigger and then you go, oh, I'll get it next time because you're such in awe and how nice it is. But um, yeah, I suppose my, my one that I haven't really got hold of yet is the big tusky. Like that's still a real elusive fish for me to sort of try and that, find and catch and that's a fair one yeah, yeah that, and they are such awesome fish yeah um but yeah perhaps that bit smarter being the bigger ones yeah they're super quick like i've seen them but they sort of must know i'm there and they get a bit flighty but yeah no i'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back over that that country tomorrow it's going to be really nice i think you're in for a bit of a treat mate especially with rory on board and hopefully the captain sort of Follow suit. Follow suit a bit and doesn't <laughs> break our arms when we get there on the southeasterly. But uh, we should be right. It's going to be fun. Mate, I love seeing tuskies come out of nowhere, eh? Those big ones. Like, they're just something else. That, yep. that, I'll be honest, I don't think they're incredibly smart at times. But um, Not not in that sense. You know, I don't know. That's a, it's a big presence. Um, they'll come in, they'll, they'll look, and then, um, yeah, the large ones just seem to kind of take off mm. stay that distance perhaps you can you know clip, clip some some rocks together um, break up a shell or something try and get them back in but um, what's yeah. your uh, not what's your best tusky because sometimes your best tusky you've shot and then your best hunted tusky are two different things oh definitely yeah so tell me about your best hunt on a tusky um, that you remember yeah would, would, strangely it's a it's a trip with with Bert, um, a bit bit south of here, um, and and only because we had a we had a phenomenal week. Um, saw some like incredible fish, shot some incredible fish, um, and I started. Uh, I guess I didn't. Um, 
there wasn't a, a thirst for blood towards the end of the week. I wasn't that worried. Um, so, so when I heard that um, another friend of ours, um, uh, I'm going to not mention him. Um, I don't know. It's not real rude or anything, but um, I just I just let, leave it with him. Um, uh, shot a shot a, a good tusky, um, but it pulled out. Um, he lost it. Um, I then spent the next 20 minutes and and I found it. Um, and I shot it and made sure of it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then I brought the tusky back and I said, "Is this yours?" They. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's not nice leaving behind wounded fish, eh? Like it's like you, you've already put a spear in it. It's like I, it, it belongs in the esky, you know. Like it's like I, I don't want to leave anything to the sharks. I'll be honest. Hey Shrek, just tell him about that the other day with with crayfish story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm following Bert, and we're headed over this real shallow reef. Like, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, 12 feet, 4 metres, 3 metres, even 9 feet sort of thing. And um, Bert's swimming flat out, and I'm miles behind him trying to keep up. And then he just stops for no apparent reason. I mean, there's a bit of a horseshoe sort of hole underneath him, but not a, like a big hole. Like, I'm talking like half a metre but sort of like a horseshoe shape. And Bert stops and he's breathing up. And I'm kind of like, he knows something's there. But he didn't. He just knew the ground and guessed. And I don't know if it's intuition and experience, but he dives on exactly the right spot. And pretty sure, pretty soon he's buried, you know, at least shoulders deep in this hole, um, grabbing a big cray. And it was a, and it was a good sized painted cray. And, um, but while he's doing that, I'm filming him, and this, um, this estuary cod, Goldspot, um, comes around behind him, swoops in, and that sort of dumb territorial sort of thing that they do at times. And, um, delightful. I love shooting stupid fish, by the way. They're my favorite. Um, and they taste good, those fish, despite being greasy and their guts stinking and, you know, being hard to. Yes, yeah, not yeah, rocket. I like that. Yeah, and you got to and trying to icky them too. Like it doesn't matter where you stab them. Sometimes, like some people have got a gift for it, but I don't. Yeah, well, I stabbed this thing straight through the top of its head and into my own finger. So because I was holding it through the gills, because I killed the finger. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, before that happened, I sh- I shot it. I dropped down while Bert's pulling out this cray, and I should have probably just carried on filming him. But I was like, Nah, there's a good fish. I'm going to shoot it. So I dropped down. I shoot- all about priorities. Yeah, <laughs> I dropped like one meter below the surface, but I take a fair while to aim up a good shot on this cod. It wasn't a, a very smart cod. But I still wanted to shoot it right. I shot it mint. There was nothing wrong with my shot. It was probably one and a half metres from the end of my spear, exactly where you want them. And like cod, sometimes they're a bit hard and like hard head. And I try to shoot them in the head or through the gill plate. And my spear didn't penetrate enough. And he pulls off, swims under a hole. And I hate that. I just want to land a fish when I shoot it. Anyway, so Bert's... Joel's come over and I said, Joel, shoot the fish. And he's like, nah, mate, it's yours. And then uh, and then so him and Bert swim back to the boat and I was like, oh, I'm going to shoot this frigging cod again. So I found it and I shot it and I made sure I landed it this time. But he, he gave me a bit of curry and then, it, yeah, and I was, as I said, I stabbed myself in the finger. But, yeah, it was a, mate, you got a nice painted crave and you knew exactly where it was going to be. And I shot the world's dumbest gold spot cod. It's all part of a trip, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, twice. twice. Yeah. But I'm not a bit like you, Rory. I don't like letting um, letting injured fish go. 
because uh, but sometimes you just have to like when you shoot a super smart fish, you're not going to find that frigging thing again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get lucky, and I can understand that other bloke shooting it, it coming off, and then him kind of giving up because. I'll be honest, I reckon 80% of the time, particularly with, with black spot, you're not going to find that fish again. So you, you do well to find it. So another one, um, this is not the same day, but one of the days we're up. Um, sometimes, I, I suppose, I promise Shrek all this fish and some of the territory that we dive. And on one of the dives we dive, I thought, oh, there's no fish. But anyway... <laughs> Took him to one of my special spots, and um, this is sort of a cave system, if you're going to call it that. And um, he dived down, he come up, and he goes, "How was a big fish? Tell the story, mate." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. Well, like when I when I find a cave or whatever the first time, if it's down at any sort of depth or it's a longer swim through, I will n- never go through it on the first go, <laughs> particularly if there's swell or surge, because I want to suss that thing out. Because if I'm swimming into some sort of thing where I can't get out or immediate access to the surface, to me that's heightened risk. So anyway, I'm sitting at the mouth of this um, structure and it's about, a, I reckon, a 15-metre swim to the end. But at the other end, I see this fish highlighted and against the light of the other end of it and I was like, that is a wicked fish. And uh, I didn't know it was a mangrove jack, but you know the silhouette of a really good fish. I wasn't quite sure of the species, to be honest, but I knew it was a cracking fish. And I knew if I swam through, I would have got that fish. But I, well, I would have had a really shit hot chance of getting it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I bailed on it because I just didn't want to do the swim through without sussing out the swell and, you know, all the points. So anyway, I thought I'll do it the, the coward's way, if you like, or whatever you want to say. And I swam to the other end, had another big breathe up, and then Bert was like, well, I'll film you, you know. And um, he's come down and he's got another spot where you can look into the swim through. And I've dropped down and uh, after a good breathe up, and guess what? The fish is down the other end again, you know, and this thing's playing games with it me. It was easily eight, nine kilogram um, mangrove, yeah. I reckon. it was an eight, easy. eight nine kilo easy. mangrove jack. Decent yeah. one, you know, solid. Yeah. Anyway, I swam to the other end, had another look. Bert's had a look. The fish just buggered off. But anyway, we did the swim through and Bert filmed me. So I'm going to try and put that footage together and put it on YouTube. So if you go to Noob Spear on YouTube, you might be able to see it. Um, it'll be the WA trip i don't know how i'm gonna call the video or whatever but um i'll try if i've got that footage i will use it because um it's a great swim through yeah it was it was it was just so nice you know um obviously my photo skills is yeah not very good but anyway i tried my best um (laughs) but just you know when you go through and and it's just a sort of a tunnel system and what i liked about it is the way track move is the current rips through this thing. So say it's 10, 15 metres, at least 15, I reckon. You probably have two or three current surges as you go through. Yeah. So a novice would start panicking. And if you panic in that sort of situation, you can't come up. Mm. It's all over for you. And if the thing is, hold on to something, wear the current out, and when it pulls, get sucked in deeper mm. and then stop again, hold on to something else. And you did everything perfect, mate. I was very impressed because a lot of people, they swim their asses off and they're thinking, you're burning all the energy. It's like... 
The, be- the beauty of having a look at a cave three or four times is you kind of know what to expect. And I I use those times. It's nice you noticed. Um, but I use those times to pause and look around in the nooks and crannies and see if there's something I've missed. Because sometimes those fish, they might not be in clear line of sight, but they're, they're trying to snoop yeah. around beside you or whatever. And I had that nice little roller gun that Duncan Henderson built me. And uh, it's so good for like tight structure like that. And, um, but yeah, no fish, but it was a nice swim through. And I I still shot a few good fish. I shot another little jack, and, um, we gave, oh, well, I I probably can't say that. We we gave it away to a special friend. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. um, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, sometimes I think, in my opinion, I've got a couple of friends back home, and, um, there's nothing nicer than hunting, Mm. spending all your love, all your energy, getting that special fish that you really want. And then giving it away. It's your prize. It's, yeah, you yeah. want to eat it yourself. There is a reward. Yeah, but you're thinking, this fella's going to enjoy it more than me, you know. So by handing it over, it makes you feel good. And I think that's what spearfishing is all about, not just being, you know, all about you, 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 but sometimes sharing the love. And like going, sorry, to change the subjects a little bit, but yeah. that's what I find about spearfishing is it's we all share things. We share experiences, and that that bonds you. Hmm. No, the... It's that beautiful opportunity to to share. Like, not not everyone's getting in the water, uh, and and really, you know, you you follow you follow your bag limits, your your possessions, your your sizes and such. But it doesn't all need to go straight to the freezer. You can share that. Others can enjoy it, um, and that's I know that that's where the fun begins, really. And that also um, brings into the whole uh, spearfishing. I suppose culture that I got dragged into coming from a line fisherman and obviously a surfer and love of the ocean. It's not all about bag limits either. It's sort of it becomes a bit more selective. So when you you're down there and you, you're spearing, you don't always have to just go. Let's kill everything. Let's get it in the boat. You know, you, you're sort of choosing what you want to eat. And if you don't want to take a bunch of fish and you want to get one or two for dinner, you can. But I sort of feel like when you're a line fisherman or, you know, I don't want to take it away from people who line fish because I love it, but it's all about the quota. And, you know, your bike, your bycatch is huge. You're losing a lot of fish before you actually get your quota. I just find this a lot more, I suppose, mm. yeah, it's selective yep. and a bit more eco. It's, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a one it's, for one. It is, yeah, yeah. And it just becomes a whole more diverse sort of way of going about getting your food too, which is mm. great. But I suppose the question is, Joel, do you feel guilty shooting these fish? Uh, if I look at them too long, yes. <laughs> but no, no, I don't, you know, because I'm the same. I, I love seafood, mate, and I'm the same as you. I probably give more fish away than I eat, you know, because our freezers are always stocked. I'm the same as you. I've got friends and family who don't have the privileges we do and have a boat and have the lifestyle we do, and I just love seeing people enjoy it, which is, yeah, I really do. And making a meal. Yeah, making a meal. I'm more happy doing what we've done tonight, getting the feed, and then if your freezer's empty, you don't give a yeah. shit. It gives you more yeah, excuse to go back in the water. Like yeah. yeah, well, when you have parmesan gnocchi with uh, or ravioli with bolognese sauce and a Thai curry, <laughs> mate, it's great. <laughs> you brought up an interesting little parallel there, Joel, because you're not alone. Like, a lot of people are line fishermen, you know. Yeah. That's what they've grown up with. That's what they know. And there's those old chestnuts like, oh, I'm not going in there. I know what's in there, you know. And yeah, exactly, you know, line mate. fishermen, if you're any good, you've caught fish and you've seen big sharks. Yeah, exactly. And mate. so yeah. getting in the drink after that can be a little bit more intimidating. But you, if you do, you've got knowledge. You've got understanding of current of where fish like 
like structure, um, you know, converging lines, the spots on reef where you know are probably going to hold fish. So you've got some advantages over just Joe Blow who wants to try spearfishing out. But making that transition, like for you, what are the sort of the what are the the pros and the cons of of of, of spearfishing over line fishing? The uh, look, I, I suppose the the pro for line fishing is I know I'm never going to be able to shoot a twenty kilo dewy. You know, obviously, you some. They're going to take me to the spot. What's this about? Bird, I lied just to get a spot <laughs> on your boat. <laughs> nah, look, I've I've caught bigger fish than I've shot, but I've you know, um, I've got better ground as a line fisherman, I suppose, because all my stuff's deeper. So when you invest in something as a young age, like we did, we were line fishing from the age of, you know, shit, as far as I remember, eight. And you've grown up in areas, you know a lot of spots, but they're usually deep, usually like, you know, 40, 50 metres. And you know it's bloody good ground, you're never going to go there. So the pros of a line fisherman, I suppose, is a bit more social on a boat when you're fishing. You know, you have a few beers with your mates, you talk shit, you spend a day in the boat. The cons is you're getting up at three o'clock in the morning, you spend 12 hours and you still might get fuck all. You know, which is, you know, and you spend a lot of money, you got bait, you got all the stuff that goes with it, it stinks. Tackle's expensive. You might lose a couple hundred bucks worth of gear in a day. Uh, I really don't like snapping offline. So you might be down on a 50-metre lump and you've just dragged 100 metres worth of braid, snaps off, all that shit stays in the ocean. Um, yeah. That really gets me a little bit. I'm not a hippie by all means. Right? I drive a diesel car. It's got a shitload of power. I'm, you know, I pollute. I've got power in my house. I'm not one of those people, but I just don't like you know, polluting the ocean. Um, where I find spearfishing... It's just a bit more, I suppose I'll use the word before, selective. We do a lot of campouts in a boat. It's also a means of catching stuff easy, yeah. easier. It's not easy, you're still hunting. Yeah, and it's just a bit more fun. The fitness side of it's good. You're not going to, you know, you're always in the water. And you also talked about, like, you live a busy life. Like, you got a, your own business, pretty high stress. Yeah. What, what are the more softer side of what benefits? What Rory said before... When he said it, it makes total sense. Like, first thing I said to Bert, well, I fell in love with the sport. Like, I've always snorkeled and done me thing crabbing and stuff, as we do every year. But the whole quietness side of it, and if you're not in your zen zone, you're not going to be able to dive. So for me and for people who live a busy life, to be able to go out, hit the water, all of a sudden, you know, if you're a water lover, if you're not, it's not going to work for you. Um, if, when, as soon as you hit that water, you, hear, you feel that instant relaxation. And then it takes a bit to sort of get into it, but... It just calms you, and it's quiet. That was the biggest thing Rory said. The quietness is unbelievable because once you're down there, as you guys know, apart from what's going on under the ocean, all the stuff above ground, you know, you don't worry, you don't think about it. It's gone, yeah. Love it. It, it switched off, yeah. So that's me. That's yeah, that's me pros and cons. On that night, no, Joel, um, we might wrap up with a couple yeah, of words can. of wisdom from Rory because we're heading out in his ground tomorrow. So I reckon, Rory... Um, we've talked a fair bit about diving Exmouth, but give us some sort of parting words of wisdom about, you know, where we're going tomorrow, you know what we're doing. I want you to just think and sum up sort of your biggest sort of bits of advice for us tomorrow to have a successful trip. Um, yeah, it's it's probably <laughs> probably too too late for the advice. I've already feel like I've um, I've said too much. Um, you always hate, um, you know, uh, calling fish species. I guess you you put pressure on. Um, 
So so yeah, now we're in a, a horrible position of <laughs> of um I've made some you know, some talk um some big calls. I've I've promised. I've basically it's all it's all in writing. We've got it recorded now, so yeah, um, it's game yeah, over. I'm, I'm gonna crash and burn. Really yeah. tomorrow it's it's nothing but tears. Laura, <laughs> <laughs> like you got mates, they're coming up to Exmouth to go diving. Uh, like we got a few pearlers today. There was a lot of stuff about um we're diving, like where we've come from, we've been diving, we've been chucking the pick out. We're all jumping over the back, we're having a ball. Um, sometimes shallow diving too, so sometimes everyone heads off on their own. And um, But up here, it seems like you're running a boaty and you're sticking together because of sharks. Is that kind of... We'll try and, um, uh, I guess we'll, we'll try and do a few miles, yeah, um, to, to open up, um, to get go that bit further um you know um invest in a bit of range um you you can then have a a, a smaller effect on a larger area i guess yep. you you go out you travel spread um, your efforts so so now we you know we gotta we gotta see how the conditions go but i'd like to go that bit that bit further um and and do a mix i've got a i've got a couple of shallow spots um and then uh you know see uh, i'm worried if i'm up to it but um yeah, we'll try and if the vis is there, I do find it easier to do twenty meters. So if we can see the bottom, then it's worth it. Mm. Um, I'm going to bed. I'm going to dive that deep tomorrow. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I want we'll, eight hours sleep. We'll, I want we'll to be hydrated, not bloody drinking Coronas all night. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we better better get to it shortly. But um, we'll just we'll just see how it um, develops. Um, yeah, naturally tomorrow if we can't we can't do twenties, we'll have to come up with another plan. But um, no, I do. I do want us to see um, like some pretty awesome stuff, without again putting too much pressure on it, um, and we'll just we'll we'll make the most of it. The conditions are going to uh, hold us up a bit in the morning, so uh, let's call it a, a bit of a sleep in, and then as it eases, we're um, we're getting more serious. I really want to shoot a ranking con. I know that goes against every rule that you just mentioned there about not talking about species, <laughs> but can you just give me like some words of wisdom about? Where to find them and how to hunt them? Um, s- similar to estuaries, they'll they'll near on come up to us. Um, uh, I guess where we're going, um, I'm probably targeting something else um, that I'm not going to say. Um, but uh, in knowing that, I know that um, yeah, Rankins are like closely um, associated. They're okay. they're in the same ground. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That um, that's a. Uh, it's a good challenge. It's 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 a doable. It's quite an interesting one. And um, yeah, yeah. I'd um, we got two days. I, I reckon we can work on that for sure. Sweet. Oh, good. Well, Rory, we're going to have to record another podcast tomorrow. I think we're going to head down to the local fishing shop because we met a legend today. He's an absolute gentleman. He owns one of the um, sort of spearing fishing shops down here we're probably going to record another podcast here and have a few beers with him i reckon he, he said late afternoon so that might tee up well with our sort of plans for an early start on wednesday and then um hopefully you join us again there buddy yeah no i'd, I'd love to um yeah depending on how tomorrow goes but um yeah no, I'm, I'm keen i've got i got the time all right yeah, sweet. i'm available cool well cheers cheers boys all right thank you Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed WA Part 4. Again, um, if you 
want to get your hands on a copy of 99 Sparrow Recipes, go to noobsparrow.com, head up into the store and the menu and check it out. There's a, there's a bunch of different hardcover options there and I think you should be get them just in time for Christmas if you order now. So go to noobsparrow.com, head up into the store, away you go. Um, again, WA, this whole trip was funded by patron listener legends just like you. Um, go to patreon.com forward slash noobspiro find out how you can support the podcast on an episode by episode basis starts from as little as two dollars per episode every single patron is appreciated and every single uh, bit of the money is keeps fuel in the noobspiro outboard and I 100% appreciate it um, again just another quick reminder if you go into your local BCF store please ask them for a copy of 99 Spiro recipes it's going to help me to get them in there because um, I think you know, if you behind the vision of this book, it's about helping us make make us all more intentional stewards of the ocean and in, and the fish we take and the seafood we catch. So um, you get amongst it. Go on a BCF, pester them, ask them for a copy of 99 Spare Recipes. That's it for me. Signing out. Next week, it's the last episode of Western Australia, and it's an absolute cracker. Maybe I'll save the best for last. Anyway, come back next week. Thanks, legends. Today's episode was an absolute banger, and so is our major sponsor, Adreno. Visit them at adreno.com.au. They have a huge range of equipment. You can find it at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpear at checkout. When you shop online, you can save $20 on every purchase over $200. You can even use that code in-store at some of their huge mega stores Australia-wide. Price beat guarantee on any Australian spearfishing equipment price. Again, visit them at adreno.com.au. Use the code NoobSpear. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but oorah! When I say the words neptonics.com, I automatically want to say it. It is solid gear that works. It's the very best of spearing equipment and components from around the planet. Visit neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works. Visit neptonics.com. Use the code noob10 to save 10% off.